Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. We're going to be in the book of Genesis, chapter 12. Genesis, chapter 12. How to become the person God desires you to be. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Genesis, the 12th chapter. Are you there? Amen? Okay, let's pray. Holy Father, thank you for Jesus and every blessing that is ours in him. We can't even begin to enumerate nor comprehend. We thank you for grace that is abundant, available, and adequate. We thank you for the privilege that is ours to join together in this place. We thank you for what our ears have heard and for what our hearts have already experienced. We thank you for the sound of music that lifts us, for the joy that it brings to our hearts, for enabling us to reflect upon who you are and all that you have done for us. Now, Father, I lift to you Dublin First Baptist Church, and I ask in the precious name of Jesus that during these days of transition that you would impart wisdom that you would have your hand upon them that you would bless the pastor search team that you would give guidance and direction Father in these moments of this morning I ask that God the Holy Spirit would grant his fullness his illumination, his enlightenment, that I might be able to clearly and concisely share only those thoughts and only those things that will bring glory to you. May God the Holy Spirit apply the Word of God to each of our lives that we might be brought from where we are to where you would have us to be. Dear Father, Minister by your Spirit. Accomplish those things that will bring souls to Jesus. And now, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, might be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. 
Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country and from your kindred unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you or those who show contempt to you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go to the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto uh, the place of Shechem, unto the plain of of Morah, and the Canaanites was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto your seed will I give the land. And he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared to him. And he removed from there unto the mountain on the east side of Bethel. And he pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. One of the easiest things in all the earth for a believer to do is to walk out of the will of God. You can be a preacher, a teacher, or a singer. You see, all it takes is a word, a thought, Or an action. You see being in the church house. Simply means that you are not somewhere else this morning. It doesn't indicate that you and I are really spiritual. It just says we aren't down the street robbing the bank. That is in part due to the fact of our nature. You see, by our natures, our wants are selfish. I want what I want. And I want it when I want it. That's just the way it is. Easier still is it for us when we walk out of the will of God to become comfortable and to begin to rationalize our being where we are. It would have been easy for Eli to rationalize being where he was and allowing his sons to be where they were. 
You see, Eli was the priest. And he could have said, I'm away from home all day. And when I come home, I don't want to be the heavy. I don't want to be the one correcting my sons when I come home. And then when he tried to give words of correction, they failed to heed. It would have been easy, I'm sure, for David to have rationalized and said, I've led the army in victory after victory. I think I'll just sit this one out and send the army. I'm going to stay home this time. You see, you and I can easily rationalize where we are. The point is this. No one will ever leave where they are until they quit rationalizing their location. Let me ask you this. Do you know your present spiritual address? You are where you are today as a result of decisions you made yesterday. And you will never leave your present spiritual condition and be the person God desires you to be until you become quite discontent with your present spiritual location. Now, in Genesis chapter 12, there are two things that I find that will help you and me become the person God desires us to be. First, in these first five or seven verses, there must be a willingness to follow the Lord. There must be a willingness to follow the Lord. Now, before I really engage that, I want to ask you what I hope will be a probing question. Are you at this point in time willing to follow the Lord? Can you sing the song without a moment's hesitation and with no reservation, wherever He leads, I'll go. Sometimes that song is sung as an invitation, isn't it? Wherever He leads, I'll go. Can you say that without reservation or hesitation? If you say yes, then I want to assure you that you're going to be led in some different paths. And that almost always means some change is coming. Change in you. I've discovered that the only thing around that's not changing is dead. Have you noticed that? The only thing around not changing is dead. So don't fight change. I'm going to get a cue in here for the coming pastor. 
Are you listening? He will not be Cameron McGill. Say amen. amen. He'll be better looking. <laughs> He'll have hair. He'll be taller. He'll be fatter. He won't be Cameron, okay? He's going to preach different. He's going to act different. He's going to want to do some things different. Different just means different. Not better, not worse. Okay? You got that? Remember I said it on this day. Y'all got that, didn't you? Did you mark that down? Different. Life means growth, change. Even Walter growing a beard. I don't know if he just lost his razor or what, but it, I'm jealous I can't. That's just, Two things in willingness to follow the Lord I find here. First, there is communication. Notice in verse 1, And the Lord had said to Abram, Now I really confess to you, I do not have a clue as to how the Lord communicated to Abram. It may have been miraculous or mundane. But this I do know. Abram was open to hearing from the Lord. And this I also know. That the Lord was able to communicate to Abram where he was. If the Lord couldn't communicate to you and me where we are then we could never be brought to where the Lord desires us to be. And so the Lord is speaking. You see, it isn't that the Lord isn't speaking by His Spirit. It is most of the time that you and I aren't interested in what the Lord is saying. We're afraid of what he might say. Therefore, we don't listen or we ignore what he says. Now, two things in this communication. First, he communicates instructions. He said to him, Abram, I want you to leave your loved ones and your land. Hmm. That's separation. That's separation from. Seems to be a heavy price, doesn't it? It does. Why does the Lord say, separate yourself from your loved ones and your land? Well, his loved ones were pagan and the lamb was idolatrous. 
Listen, beloved. There is always a separation. Now, I'm not talking about some legalistic form where in the front of my Bible I've got a set of rules that says don't do this, don't do that. And in the back of my Bible I've got a list that says do this and do this. I'm talking about there is a biblical standard for God's people to live by. Biblical standard. There is a separation from, you see, you and I as children of God, we are to be separated from all that is outside the will of God for our lives. Say amen, lights. That separation from. Now why was it necessary? Because the negative pull is always stronger than the positive. That is all the reason why, folks, you young folks, choose your associates wisely. Choose who you're going to hang out with wisely. Say, oh, you're just no man. You don't know what you're talking about. Yes, I do. I was young once. It's been a day or two, but I was young. (laughs) And I do know that who you hang out with can either pull you down or pull you up. So you be careful who you choose. But not only is its instruction separation from, separation to, again in verse 1, unto a land that I will show you. That's the positive side. We're to be separated from all that's outside the will of God for our life, but we're to be separated to everything that is within the will of God for our lives. It's from, but it's to. That's positive. I'm to be separated to all that is within the will of God for my life. Not just at all, but to. But notice that the to follows the from. In the communication, there is instruction. In the communication, secondly, there's inspiration. Verses 2 and 3. I believe he is inspired by the words. These words contain promises, but there's inspiration in what he says. There's, he would be inspired, I believe, by the word concerning procreation. He says, Abraham, or Abram, I'm going to make your seed as numerous as the sand of the sea. He doesn't have an heir. He doesn't have a child. He doesn't have anybody. And that's what he says. 25 years until Isaac is born. But he says this word to him. It's 25 years. Long time to hold on to something, isn't it? But he does. And then I think he's in, he is inspired by the word that he will prosper him. He says, look again at verse 2. I'm going to make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great 
and you'll be a blessing. Now, who in this crowd this morning does not want to be blessed? That's what I thought. That's what he says here. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. I think that is personal and private. And if you read later in his life, what happens to him? He is a blessed man materially and otherwise. Every way you turn, Abram becomes Abraham and he is a blessed man. Publicly and privately, he's blessed. And then I believe he is inspired by the promise of protection. In verse 3, he says, I'm going to bless those who bless you and I'm going to curse those who show contempt or who curse you. God's going to have his hand upon his children. Now, I didn't say that his children would not have difficult days and that they would not suffer oppression and even persecution. But they would have God's presence with them. So, in his willingness to follow the Lord, there is communication. Secondly, in his willingness to follow the Lord, there is compliance. Look at it. I like the way it reads. Verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Hmm. One man said, Obedience to the Lord is like riding a bicycle. You either ride and go or you fall off. I mean, you're moving or you fall off. By our standards today, Abram is a rather mature man. I mean, he's 75 years old. Now, I know some among us this morning are that old and older, but uh, that's getting on up there, you know, 75. Abram is 75 years old. But do you get the idea from this? When he complied, so Abram rose and went. When the Lord said, do it, he just got up and did it. He didn't use his age or his lack of ability or anything of that nature as an argument. He just rose and went. Now I know some say, but these are different days. They are different. And some might argue that they're more difficult. But I don't know anybody that's been in a den of lions lately, let down over a wall in a basket, put in jail for their faith here in this land. And in spite of all of that, God remains the same. Now, Abram's was a journey of faith, you agree? All he had was God's word to him. Is that right? That's all he had. And I don't know how God communicated that word to him. And I don't know how many times God spoke to him. I'm going to see if you agree with me. Well, it doesn't matter if you agree with me or not. I'm right. <laughs> you and I have more to aid our faith than did Abram. 
We absolutely do. We have this whole book. And you can get it in about any translation you want to get it in. This is King James. There's New King James that I usually preach out of. There's New American Standard. There's Holman Christian Standard. There's probably two dozen translations that you can get the word in. But you and I have more than this. We have more than this. You and I have the indwelling of the author who inspired the word living within us. Mm. That's more than Abram had. We have more on our journey of faith than did Abram. It's still a journey of faith, but we have more to guide us than did Abram. Therefore, when the Lord says go, there ought to be a willingness, a willingness to follow the Lord. So am I willing to follow the Lord? If not, am I willing to become willing? Second point, quickly, is there's worshipful fellowship with the Lord. A willingness to follow the Lord and then worshipful fellowship with the Lord in verses 6 through 8. There's something in those verses that I want you to see. Abraham is continuing his journey, and I don't want to make more out of that than what the Scripture does, but I do believe there's something of an application there. Abram continued... And I fear today that a whole lot of God's people have forgotten that we are pilgrims. That we're pilgrims in this earth. That we are to continue to develop in the Lord. One of the things that I've noticed here that I always like to see, and when I pastored, I never told people to do it, but people did it, and uh, they almost practically the church would take notes. And uh, I don't know what they did with them. I mean, you know, they may have put them in a, I don't know, cat litter box. I don't know what they did with them. But uh, you and I are pilgrims. We're passing through. We are not to put our tent poles too deep. Because we're going to leave this world. We're going to leave this world. Either by death or when Jesus comes. Now, uh, the way things look, I think maybe it's going to be by when Jesus comes. But whether that's true or not, we're all going to leave this world and we're strangers in this world. But two things I want you to look at. First, in, in, in this worshipful fellowship, there is the appearance 
Verse 7 says, And the Lord appeared to Abram. I don't know what form or fashion that took. It probably was a theophany, but nonetheless, the Lord manifested himself to Abram. I think in part the Lord manifested himself to him because Abram had complied with what the Lord had said and it was to reassure him in his journey. The appearance, the Lord making himself known. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but I do believe the Lord desires to make himself known to his people today. And I believe if we become willingly following the Lord and complying with him, that he will be able to manifest himself I'm not talking about anything magical or anything spooky. I'm just talking about a manifestation by Spirit to and in our hearts that will assure us that this is the way you walk in it. Follow Him. And then the second thing, there's the altar. And Abram built an altar. And he called on the Lord. Altars aren't movable. But notice, when Abram moved, what did he do? He built an altar. He built an altar. That was his place of communion with the Lord. In one of the churches I served, I had two of the former pastors in the church. Two of the greatest supporters I had. And one of them said, Pastor, I want you to stop by the house. I've got something to show you. And I stopped by. He said, take a walk with me. And uh, walked down behind this house and went down this trail. And there is this humongous rock pile. He said, Pastor, that's my altar. Every morning... I come, and every morning I pick up a rock and put it there. So for as long as he had lived in that house, that altar had been built a rock at a time, a rock at a time. And pastor, you're on those rocks. I'll tell you, folks, that meant a lot to this pastor. Abram was able to commune with the Lord because he had communication and he complied. You and I are able to commune with the Lord, not because, not at an altar, but because of the altar at Calvary, what Jesus did. David Jeremiah says, That life is like a Hebrew word. You can only understand it by reading it backward. 
and you start with a grave and you go back. How to become the person God desires you to be. A willingness to follow the Lord. Are you willing? You have to know the Lord before you can follow the Lord. So my first question to you this morning is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus as your own personal Savior? Have you trusted him? Was there a time when you come to the foot of the cross and in repentance and faith, you said, Lord Jesus, I can't save myself. I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. Forgive my sin. Save me. It may be that you're here today and this is a church the Lord wants you to be a part of. Brother Jason's going to be here. He'll explain that to you. It may be that you'd have to say this morning, Lord, you know spiritually I've been stubborn, but I want to become willing to be willing. I'm I'm willing, I want to become willing to be willing. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and eyes closed. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, If there's a need the Lord has spoken to you about this morning, whether it's your personal salvation, your church membership, or your heart become willing, we're going to sing in a moment. And when we do, if you just step out, it's a very appropriate invitational hymn. Father, have your way. Nothing else matters.